Okay, the microphone is here. Did I miss any blanks, Lee? So I got, I've got like a whole, you got a blank or a question? Okay. okay. What's the blank? Number two. Two, two? Two A two or two B two? Reason frankly with your neighbor and love him. Do reason frankly and. No worries. Do reason frankly with your neighbor and love him. Okay. I got a lot of material I can throw out, so I'm going to, instead of letting it hang, any questions? Um, you, oh, Trinity. So a lot of your instruction, well, all of it has to do with what is happening within the body. When somebody outside of the body has, I suppose, wronged you in a way that is wrong kind of objectively how would you say that one should handle that i i I was talking to um david olsgaard in the hall do not reprove a scoffer he will despise you um do not answer a fool according to his folly but answer a fool i'd say it's much more of a wisdom issue i mean so you can you're free if an unbeliever if someone in the world wrongs you to say hey i think this is wrong you're free to call in a judge or or some person in the community to render a judgment or a verdict that's all fine um but you can use wisdom i don't think you're obligated to at all you might say this person is a scoffer this person's a fool you know if some hoodlum is walking down the street and bumps into you you may be better advised just to move on than to like hey what's that and you know that's a stupid example but there there isn't there is wisdom and there isn't law there, I would say. You're free to just sort of, in one sense, what do you expect? Like, you shouldn't be super confused with why are the Canaanites acting like Canaanites? Um, and yet, certainly, God's put leaders, rulers in place, people for judge. Paul appeals to Caesar. So there's, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with that. And if you've got an unbelieving friend, you can say, hey, I don't think this was right. Of course, you, you have different standards than they do. You have different authorities than they do. But by all means, and there's a sense in which that even can be an inroad for the gospel, because even though the gospel is an announcement of God's judgment on sin, and then his remedy for his judgment on sin, and so you can even use that as an inroad for the gospel, but ultimately the unbeliever needs is the gospel. Um, you can use what they did to you as a means of bringing the gospel to them, but yeah, we shouldn't be, we want to be careful we're not the uh, the steward forgiven millions and millions of dollars of debt who's strangling the guy who owes him 50 bucks. Um, but n- there's no real... The assumption is we're trying to live at peace with unbelievers, and yet, by all means, if, if there are re- recourses and a- ways to appeal for justice, by all means, do it. Is, is, do you have a more specific question on that, or is that sort of general? The general? Okay. Oh, Go. JP. So when does a confrontation turn into quarreling? Mm. So let's go to James chapter um, 3.
and this is something that I still need to learn, but this is probably the biggest um, truth I've had to learn, which is when to stop arguing. And like the temptation for me, because I like to debate the kidders. My dad was a lawyer. My debate was big in our household is, yeah, okay, yeah, things are getting a little heated. Yeah, things are getting a little sharp. But if you just let me make two more points, you'll see that I'm right. Then we'll be done. Um, It's like that monk. You ever watch the show, monk? You'll thank me. Just give me a moment. You'll thank me. It's okay. Um, And James makes it clear that's not the wisdom from above. And so when, when I err on this, it's because even though things are starting to go sideways, I kept going instead of, whoa. Clearly, something's amiss here. So this is, this is James three thirteen to the end of the chapter. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not fo- boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For a jealousy, selfish ambition exists. There will be disorder in every vile practice. Then what characterizes the wisdom from above? But the wisdom from above is first pure. Peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of peace is sown. In, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So when you start to sense in a discussion that the tenor of your discussion is shifting from that to the other side, then what you want to do is, in your thinking, pause the discussion and figure out where things went wrong. So if you and I are talking and all of a sudden it's clear you're getting agitated. And I don't sense in myself agitation. I don't think I'm... I mean, it's clear enough. If I'm getting angry or I'm being a jerk, I need to deal with myself. Dude, JP, can we pause this discussion? I'm, I, need to, I need to chill out, you know. Um, but if, if it's not in me, then JP, can we pause? Have I offended you? Are we, is something else going on here? Help me out. But just pausing. and just, Is it possible that I've contributed to this? I, I'm sensing conflict. I'm sensing things going sideways. And is there anything I can do to make this better for you is there a, it could just be you're being stubborn and not open to reason and a blockhead that could be what's going on but even then it's like okay and i've had to say this to someone before look i've tried to explain what's going on i i'm trying to be peaceable you, you don't seem open to reason can you try this what do you what is, can you summarize what it is you think i'm trying to say what, what is it you think i'm trying to do and they say something t- totally different than what you're doing that you never said uh, okay I, I don't know if this is going anywhere because you, i don't and then maybe either try again at a later point or say, hey, people, people get so scared of Matthew 18 in the earlier steps. But to me, the two or three makes so much sense. If you and I have tried talking once or twice and every time it's getting heated and we're at loggerheads, JP, can we find one or two other guys we both respect and see if they can help us get on the same page here? Which is exactly what Jesus says to do. And everyone's like, oh, it's step two. It's like, no, go get a brother or two and try to get on the same page, um, I, which is a good thing. But so, yeah, to, to keep going ahead when it's getting sideways, when it's clear demonic wisdom is at work, earthly wisdom is at work, is, is at best foolhardy and at worst itself wicked. Don. You mentioned uh, uh, we, we fear go, uh, confronting because we fail to hope. Uh, in other words, we're we're assuming a bad outcome yeah. rather than a good one. Um, that we need to uh, um, hope for a good outcome, but not try to control the outcome. Right now, 
that's the passage in, in Second Timothy to me is so helpful because it makes it clear what my job is. My job is not to get them to listen. God may perhaps grant them repentance. Jeremy, the Lord's bond servant, not be quarrelsome, kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting his opponents. That's that's what I get judged on. I'm faithful if I've done that, and I'm unfaithful if I haven't done that. And whether or not they listen doesn't prove whether I was faithful or not. Romans twelve eighteen, as much as possible. Be at peace. Be at peace. Yeah, totally. As much as, as, much as it depends on you, on me, mm-hmm. be at peace. Yeah. I, I, don't, I can't control what they do. Right. I, yeah. right, right. No, absolutely. So, so that's, that's my responsibility. And I'm not the Holy Spirit. And so it can be something as simple as, hey, that joke you told yesterday, I've been thinking about it. I, I, I think it was foul. I don't, I don't think it's the type of things we should be saying. What do you think? I mean, it doesn't have to be anything more than that, right? But, I mean, Paul lists crude joking. You may think, well, are we really talking about It's on Paul's list, which, again, is why part of my whole, if you try to come up with your confrontable sins, non-confrontable sins, most people probably are not going to put crude joking on their list. Paul puts it on the list of those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So... I, I'm suspicious of the lists. Were you going to say? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I want um, when you got to the uh, the objection of of you know we should grant grace or give grace to people. Yeah. You know, I guess just kind of to expound on that. Like, obviously, uh, it's not a grace to let somebody choke or drown in their own sin. But then maybe the my obligation to granting grace is really, you know, so if I call out my brother or confront my brother, you know, in, in the correct way, and then to actually, the grace that I would give would be to, if they're repentive, to actually forget it and let them go. And, or, you know, let them not, not be bringing it up seven months later. Hey, remember when I, uh, remember when you were a terrible person and I was better than you or, right. or, you know, I still haven't truly forgiven you for that affront that you, you did so that I think, it's interesting that on the surface, that idea of, well, I'm granting them grace, you know, I'm letting them flounder in their sin sounds, sounds appealing because now I don't have to confront them and I can just use these bible words yeah. and kind of be off right. the hook. But instead, I should confront them. And then I have to do the hard yeah. work of actually actively forgetting it sometimes, especially if it's an affront to me. Is that, I mean, does that sound right? I, I just, no, absolutely. Part of, again, the reason why it's difficult to go talk to people is, the Bible is very clear we need to do it in the right way with the right motives. So the first thing is I've got to get rid of any personal offense. It makes it way more complicated, complicated, difficult personally if I'm talking about something you've done to me, against me, because I've got to make sure that it's not about me wanting my pound of flesh. It's not about me wanting my rights, me being offended that you did that to me of all people. Um, but I still would need to do it. It's, so I've got to like make sure, like, Lord, <laughs> you're going to deal with this. I'm going to get justice from you. I'm not going to Timothy because I need justice. I'm going to Timothy because I love Timothy. I want him to walk more closely with the Lord. And I'm also going to go hopeful. You know, um, this gets back to what uh, Don was saying as well, is that, you know, I, part of the problem when we say they'll never listen to me, I think if you mean what you're saying, you're saying they're an unbeliever. I'll say that again. If you've concluded about another Christian, they'll never listen to me. I think you've judged them to be an unbeliever. Hmm. They have the Holy Spirit within them. According to 1 John, we have a seed abiding in us. We cannot continue in sin. 
Why on earth would I think if I go gently, patiently, lovingly, kindly, prayerfully, and talk to someone to whom the Spirit of God dwells within, they're going to tell me to get lost? Because I think it gets back to Leviticus 19. Oh, I'm already hating them in my heart. I'm already looking down my nose at them, and they're never going to listen to me. I've tried talking before. They don't listen to anybody. You're describing an unbeliever, right? No? Yes? <laughs> You're describing someone who ultimately, we, we, Paul says, remove that person from your midst. Because if, 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 if somebody's confronted, and then two or three come, and then the whole body's talking, and they're like, get lost, get lost, get lost, they eventually get lost. And so what you don't get to do is short-circuit that entire process, judge them as an unbeliever in your heart, and then pat yourself on the back for being loving and gracious. Like, you don't do that. that anyway. Um, Don, Don wants to add to that. Uh, something, uh, a suggestion I've heard is uh, kind of goes, goes to Matthew 18 about the, the, the speck and the, and the log is... If I'm going to somebody, then I need to perhaps be vulnerable in, in sharing my own weakness, my own sure. uh, uh, tendency for, for sure. sin, or my own experience with a, a yeah. sin, and confess a sin to them. Yeah. To well, especially them. if especially if the thing they're doing I struggle with. If if, uh-huh. if if someone gossips with me, good grief, I've gossiped before. Like, and it's not coming going, I can't believe you did that. You know, you're coming saying, dude, I, I wish you hadn't have told me about whatever. I don't think you should have. Man, I know it's tempting. I, I struggle with it too. But you're coming alongside. You know, I mean, even in parenting, I, I'll try to do it with my kids. You know, like, I know it's, you want to get angry at people and they take your stuff. You know, someone takes my ball, I want to yell too. But God's God's told us to love, love our brothers and sisters, even to love our enemies, you know. Um, and, and making it clear, we're, we're coming together. It's not me, I'm up here, and I'm this righteous person, and you're this wicked person. And, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, any other thoughts on that? Oh, Serena, in the back. I was just thinking with what Timothy was saying, that perhaps our thoughts about what we normally think of as being a gracious person yeah. would happen when we uh, look at the... Per- like, say someone does something to you and you're offended, yeah. and you think okay, I could be gracious and think that their heart was pure when they did that and that they just, they didn't realize that would offend me. And then you can forget that and let that go and never have to talk to that person about that because... Well, yeah, that's, that's, where, that's where I want to go. Let me, let, me, let me unpack for you what I think. I said in the sermon, I think 90% of what we deal with is of this other category. It's not clear. And I want to unpack how I think that should go. Because here's where the grace and the love and the kindness all comes in. It's in doing the hard work of hoping the best of other people. The hard work of hoping for the best interpretation. Um, like I said, I, I call myself a realist, but it tends to mean I'm cynical. Or I can be given to cynical. I know what that is. You know, and some people even pride themselves on, um, I know it when I see it. I know a jerk when I see a jerk. I know a proud person when I see a proud person. You know, and, and I didn't read the passage this morning, but God insists in First Samuel, if you remember, God sends Samuel to Jesse's household to anoint the new king, and David's older brother shows up, and I don't even remember what his name is because he's that forgettable, but he really impressed Samuel. And Samuel thinks this must be the Lord's anointed. In First Samuel sixteen seven, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. 
For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So part of the problem when you're like, they're not going to listen to me, or I know what's going on in their heart, is you're playing God. Play obedient and let God be God. And so we don't know the motives. So when somebody does something that is troubling, that is suspicious, or that is odd, or that could be bad, my first thought should be, I want to think the best of this person. Love hopes all things, believes all things, bears all things. What's the best spin I can put on this? And within reason, I mean, and the, the standard would simply be, are you able to actually hope that? I mean, I could come up with a crazy enough contingency scenario that it's technically possible, but you couldn't believe. Maybe yesterday I was having an hallucination when I saw, I mean, it's possible, but you're, you can't really. Can you hope that? I don't think you can. Um, but within reason of what you're able to hope and believe that's what you're going to work with. That's what you're going to hope with. So the first thing needs to, well, actually, let me go back. That's not even the first thing. That's the second thing. The first thing when somebody offends you is to ask yourself the question, is this potentially an issue of sin at all? Because there's all sorts of offenses that aren't. You know, they, they said hi to that person in the foyer, but they didn't say hi to me. They invited that person over to their house, but they didn't invite me. They sent a Christmas card to that person, but they didn't send a Christmas card to me. And then what you got to do, and this is helpful because you, you'll think the heart can be suspicious and think evil of people. So am I thinking this didn't send me a Christmas card and it bugs me? Why does it bug me? Well, either I got to say something kind of silly like they're playing partiality and favoritism and they're singling me out for shame. The second I say that, it sounds so ridiculous that it's like, like okay, that's possible. Or maybe... They didn't have enough cards. Maybe they didn't think of me. Maybe 20 other things, right? Um, so the first, what? Got lost in the mail. Lost in the mail. Um, so the first question is, are we dealing with this? And maybe we're dealing with a conviction issue. You find out that somebody let their kids watch a movie that shocks you. And you're first, okay, it shocks me, but should I be shocked? Is it just that's not my standard? Well, I think there might be some things, like if there's tons of graphic nudity in the movie, like what are you doing showing your kids that movie? You shouldn't do that. I mean, I'd feel kind of cl- close to asking questions like that potentially. Um, then you find out nobody was vid angel and that filters stuff out or, you know, whatever. I w- when I went over to Serena's house the first time to meet her family, th- what did your sisters do? They'd get up and, like, block the TV during sketchy commercials? It was awesome. I don't know. Maybe you got something like that going on. I don't know. Um, but... Hoping the best. The first question is, is this even issue of sin? Or is this a preference issue? Is this, you know, I can't believe they bought that car. No, no, put, put the fear of sin into it. What are you saying? Because when you say it, I mean, this is one of the first things I'll do with people, like name the sin you think might be going on. I, I think they might love this world and the esteem and the praise and the honor of this world, and they bought the car exorbitantly so that they might elevate their esteem in the eyes of others. Okay, you really think that? You willing to go there? Because that would be sinful. But name it. Name it. And we hide so much of the clear talk. I can't believe they'd buy it. I wouldn't buy a car like that. Oh, when did you become the standard of righteousness? You know, and it's possible that's going on. But name it. When you name it clearly with biblical categories, you can start to realize, do you remotely have enough evidence to think that's likely? Nah, they just bought a car nicer than mine, right? I mean, everybody who spends more money than me is liberal, and everyone who spends less is frugal. I mean, I'm always baby bear porridge. 
Um, if you watch movies with more content than me, you're a libertine. If you watch movies with less content than me, you're legalistic. And I'm baby bear porridge, always, right? So we, we need to figure out, is this even potentially an issue of sin? And maybe you decided it might potentially be an issue of sin. Okay, next question. Is it clear sin, or is it only perhaps? And I'm saying like 90% of the time in my life, it's the perhaps. You need to know the details. You would need to know what's going on in their heart. And now love is dri- should drive me to think the best. This is where you be gracious. This is where you got to stop yourself. I bet you they were thinking, and just stop it. I'm playing God, and I'm judging their heart, and what I'm doing is wicked. I'm hating them. I need to try to think well of them. Sometimes, I've had this before, something bad has happened, but what's the best bad scenario? <laughs> what's the least bad this could be? Like, clearly something bad's happened. But um, what's the least bad it could be? Um, and that's what you're trying to hope. So that's their next step. If you've got a clear issue of sin, then get the log out of your eye. Get your heart right. Get your motivations right. Get your responsibility right and go talk to them. Now, if it's not a clear issue of sin, you're hoping all things, you still may need to go talk to them, not to rebuke them, but because your faith and your love is weak. There are some scenarios or repeated things where I've had to go talk to someone. I don't have nearly enough evidence. I'm not coming to rebuke them. I'm just saying, look, man, I want to think well of you. But I've seen this now three or four times. What is going on? Help me out here. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And, and that's where I, the key would be I really actually have tried to think well of them. And now this is the fifth time that, I don't know, um, this is the fifth time that they've shown up late for no explanation, reason for an event. It's like, look, it, it, it's beginning to look like you don't keep your word or your appointments. It's beginning to look like you don't care about this stuff. I might, help me out here. What's going on? Is there just been this, the last five times you came over just been really unusual, or is this kind of par for the course? It's starting to look like it's par for the course. But I'm asking questions. I'm not rebuking anybody. I'm saying, help me, help me, help me understand what's going on here. And that's coming at the Leviticus 19 angle, because when I start catching in my own heart resentment, irritation, um, then I know I should have talked to them already. My wife's also really good at calling me out on this. I'll say some snarky, snarky's word for sarcasm or anger, word about somebody. Yeah, sounds like you should probably talk to them. You, someone's coming over, and she's like, I got it ready. They're going to be here in five minutes. I'm like, we got 20 at least. And she's like, oh, oh, have you talked to them about that? No. Well, clearly you need to. Because I'm starting to hate them. I'm starting to judge them. I'm starting to become resentful. I mean, Leviticus, don't take wrath. Don't become embittered. Go talk to them. And so for the sake of my own heart, I need to go talk to them. Not necessarily to confront them. They may have a perfectly good excuse for the the last four times they came over there late. But I need to go talk to them because I'm clearly failing to love them. And I'm beginning to judge them and think evil of them. And that's really the simplest way I can put this. God did not design our hearts to conclude another person has done wrong and have no hope that they're dealing with it. And that's another caveat I'd put on. If you can hope they've caught themselves. If, if you, you think, oh, I think, he, I think he realizes what he did was wrong and he's dealing with it. Or you think someone else is dealing with it. Great, because now you're hoping good for them. But if you just think, man, that guy has got a foul mouth and he doesn't care, you will begin to become embittered or resentful or self-righteous towards him. It's the way your heart's designed. You're not just going to stay static. You're going to begin hating him in that way. And so just as much to guard your own heart as to, to protect them, you're going to have to go talk to them then. Um, and thoughts on that? 
once this sort of lays hold of you, it, it drives you. This is knee-jerk bread and butter now that when I catch myself being resentful towards somebody, not only I need to talk to them, I needed to talk to them a while ago, apparently. <laughs> you know, because... And, and doing this properly stops the resentment. I mentioned this in, in last week's message, but frequently we don't go in faith as obedient slaves of Christ. We go when we're offended, which basically means we, we cover until we finally get annoyed. And we call it righteous talk. We call it covering and being gracious. But the reality is we're being... It's, it's, dude, you know this in parenting, right? I'm going to be great. No, you don't want to get up off. I, I know this. I don't want to get out of the seat. I don't want to get off from the table. I don't want to get up from the couch to go deal with the child who needs correction. And so I let it go and let it go. And then the sixth time I've had enough, but I'm bringing the weight of all five times before it to the child. The same thing happens with us. We say we're covering it, recovering. It. And then we go and explode. We don't go righteously. We don't go in gentleness and meekness. We don't go in love. And then, surprise, surprise, it goes really poorly. To which we then say, see, I knew rebuke and, re- and confrontation is always a bad idea. <laughs> it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Leviticus 19 is there to stop the pressure from building up. I need to go before the resentment starts to build up or at the very first signs of it. So that I'm not going in anger. And then just go talk to people. Say, hey, man, this is what I saw. This is what I think I see in the Bible. What do you think? I mean, that's, in essence, all you're having to do. You're not, like you said, trying to get the outcome. Here's what I saw. Here's what God's word says. I don't think they line up. What do you think? Just the equivalent of that. Thoughts? Okay, Linda in the front. Okay, I have two. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, the first one is Leviticus 19. So is the word the same for brother and neighbor? <sighs> because your neighbor may not be your brother in Christ. I think they're used, no, they're not the same word. I think they're used interchangeably. I think, and, and then don't use New Testament categories as brother. Your kinsman. This is tribal. This is back in Israel as a nation. This is your kinsman. Okay. Um, your brother, your neighbor, the person you're living in community with. That, okay. That's the idea. Um, next question. Okay. So then back to what you were saying. So in the past, I've heard it explained that the log is if you have the same sin in your life that you're about to approach that person with, then you need to deal with your own first before you approach them. But your explanation seems more like the log is your attitude that you're taking with you to approach them. No, the log would be any undealt with sin. I got no business telling other people they need to follow Christ if I'm not following Christ. I saw a meme that shows Jesus saying, love your neighbors yourself, to which a guy responds, perfect, I don't deal with my sin and I won't deal with his. <laughs> and then, no, the temptation is, if, I, if my life's out of control, and if you know there's areas in my life that are out of control... Um, if you know that I've got a filthy tongue or if you know that I drink too much or if you know that I've got a bat- nasty temper, then if I go and talk to you, the, and this is, again, part of the reason why we don't do this, is you might bring that up to me. Why are you talking to me? Get your, get your thing under control. And that's the hypocrisy. I think it would be any area. It doesn't have to be the same area. You know what I mean? So if I want to come and talk to you about, I don't know, gossip, 
and you know, and or you don't even have to know, the Lord knows that I got some area of sin in my life I'm not dealing with. I'm coming to you with a lot. Like the Lord's saying, Jeremy, if you're concerned about people following Jesus, start with yourself. So I should be able to come talk to you and say, Linda, there, if you were to ask me, Linda, there's no areas of sin in my life that I'm aware of that I'm withholding from the Lord. There's areas I'm struggling with, but there's no area that I've cordoned off as like a demilitarized Jeremy zone. Like I'm trying and endeavoring. If you were to bring something up, I would, sure, fair enough. Um, the law guy, it's what the Pharisees are doing. They had inwardly, they were like dead men's bones. They were like a cup clean on the outside and filthy on the inside. But they, because the, they could pass off as righteous externally in the community, they could then judge and rebuke and condemn people. And Jesus was furious with that. So, no, I, I need to come after I've gotten the log out of my own eye, whatever that is. I need to come first dealing with myself, which is, again, one of the reasons why we may not want to go. I don't think it has to be the same sin. Okay. It just be anything, you know what I mean? Um, that that I ought not to have some area in my life that's out of control, that's not being struggled and, and submitted to the Lord, and then go try to talk to you about some area that's not submitted to the Lord in your life. Physician, heal thyself, you know, that type of thing. Is that... Okay. okay. Deb, Don. Tangent, perhaps, but what do you do with... The scripture about the weaker brother and the stronger brother. Sure. Though I think that's exactly debatable issues. You're talking about Romans 14, eating meat, not eating meat. Those well, are precise- but in today's society, it could be sure. what, you, you, what triggered that was I drink too much. Well, if you drink at all. Sure. Well, no, no. So, so let's, let's, let's settle it down. Part of this is if, if you're going not like a pro- don't hear rebuke. We hear re- words like rebuke and confrontation, and we picture like the showdown. The saith the Lord. Yeah, you're just like, hey man, I've noticed you drink a lot, at least to me, and I'm not sure that's good. What do you think? Now your response could be, I think I alcohol consumption is fine. Well, now what you need to do, the Lord's sponsor is just to be able to teach. If you don't think Christians should have any alcohol, open, let's open to a Bible study and show me that. Now, I think the Bible clearly doesn't teach that, but I know there are people that do. And if you do believe it's a sin for Christians to drink alcohol, then you're hating your brother if you don't go talk to him about it. So it, it's easy when we know what we're dealing with are convictions, but I know people that would say, no, it's not a conviction. It's, it's a clear issue. Okay, but then go. But if someone comes to you gently and said, hey, I don't think Christians should drink alcohol at all, and I saw you have a glass of wine at dinner last night, and they're being open to reason, full of mercy, sincere, and you were to say, hey, I, I, I don't see the Bible saying that, can you let's show me where you see that let's, you're gonna end up having a bible study which how's that a bad thing you know do you get what i'm saying it's only if the person's coming so uptight and tense or they're not being open to reason or they're not being able to teach well then they should they got no business going i mean those are the qualifications that what if you're going to go talk to somebody i need to be able to show them from the bible what i think so that's second timothy able to teach i need to go according to james open to reason. I need to hear your side and hear you out and be willing to discuss the thing. Then where you've got people who have what they think is a biblical law issue when it's really a conviction issue, you're going to have a Bible study. That's going to be good, right? I mean, and that's where maybe you can get some other people in. So you're trying to talk about wine or alcohol, and we've tried having this Bible study two or three times. It's not conflicting as in like sinful conflict. We're just not getting anywhere. Well, maybe we can get someone else to come in and try to help sort this thing out. Um, And 
the Jews are present. But but Paul, that's an issue of sin. Paul rebukes him to his face for his conduct was not in keeping with the step of the gospel, and he publicly rebuked him. I don't. I think that's a clear issue of sin, and Paul's dealing with it like it's a clear issue of sin. Um, that otherwise, why would he publicly rebuke him? Um, so no. But with, so there can be issues of conscience and conviction where because we have differing convictions, we're going to serve each other when we get together. So. Uh, I was just talking to someone recently about this, of like, look, is this conviction of yours? If you recognize it's not a law, it's a conviction. I, say your position was, I know it's not forbidden to drink alcohol. I just think it's wisest and best not to. Okay, cool. That's good for you. I'm not persuaded of that. Can we still hang out and be friends? Or is that going to become a test of fellowship for us? You know, and if you're like, no, I think we can still hang out and be friends. Great. Then I'm not going to try to like rub that in your face and like, you know, drink a glass of Cabernet in front of you. But if I'm out to dinner someday and you happen to walk by and see me, you're not going to judge me. That's what, that's what Paul says in Romans 14. The one person is not to despise the other. The other is not to, dis- to judge the other. We're going to coexist. We're not going to try to provoke each other. But so that's sometimes what you got to figure out is when we've got a difference of opinion on alcohol or what types of movies you can watch or you know some people it's women have to wear dresses okay and paul makes it clear you can have these convictions and honor the lord with them and keep them to yourself but if you think it's biblical law then make your case if you can't make your case then you need to be willing to coexist with people with differing convictions um but as long as we're approaching it properly it's just going to result in a bible study which shouldn't be a bad thing (laughs) you know what i mean um Lee. Oh, Dom is next. I'm sorry. Dom's already gone twice. So give it to Lee, then we'll give it to Dom. (laughs) Well, this is uh, in concern with the alcohol is that I have a personal conviction for my own self that I'll never drink. So when I go out to dinner with friends, often my sympathetic and sensitive, kind Christian friends will say, do you mind if we go to a place either that serves alcohol or that I'm going to have a glass of whatever with, and I say, Oh, totally. No, just don't make me smell it. Cause so that's, that's, and it's, they're so nice and about it because they don't want me to feel bad or or be tempted or whatever they might. No, that's just a matter of serving and preferring people. Certainly. The, The example I just used is, is like, but if you happen to see me, you're driving by, and there I am at, you know, Arby's. No, no Arby's doesn't show up. <laughs> Applebee's. I meant to say Applebee's, and Arby's came out of my mouth. Um, Applebee's, or whatever, you know, you're not going to be like, <gasps> um, and I'm not going to try to tempt to provoke you. Right, right. Okay, Don's next. Don's next. Come on, Don. Uh, the example of the Good Samaritan, um, the, the, uh, the, People came and had a question. I think one of the purposes of uh, the Scripture, the Holy Spirit, is not to uh, answer all of our questions, but to help us ask better questions. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus did, he didn't answer the question, but no. he said, uh, the guy said, who's my neighbor? Yeah. God said, or Jesus said, let me show you what a person that's neighborly looks like. Yeah, Jesus says, who proved? There, yeah, no, it, it, the, the twist on the Good Samaritan is Jesus says, who can you be a neighbor to is really kind of the question. You, the point being, you're free to be anyone's neighbor you want to be. It's not a question of who's your neighbor, but who can I be a neighbor to? And the answer mm-hmm. is, at least in their situation, you can be a neighbor to your cultural enemy. I mean, the Jews despise 
despised the Samaritans. They would walk 50, walk 50 miles out of their way to not get the dust of Samaria on their feet. So if there's ever a reason, you picture like the way the racial tensions are or were or have been in any number of places where there's been racial tensions. You picture how those teams line up and these are the people who are always mean to me and always looking down their nose at me. And yet you can choose to be a neighbor to your enemy, to your cultural ancestral enemy. That's what's going on there because you, you can, who proved, it's who proved to be a neighbor, not who was that guy's neighbor. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Okay. Laura. So switching gears just a little bit. Yeah. Um, as you're trying to come to the conclusion of whether it's a sin or not, because that can be quite the process yeah. of digging through. If you were to go to, say, another trusted brother or sister, sure. how do you do that without okay. gossip? Great, no, great question. As long as you can flatten the details out enough that you're not causing anyone to think ill anyone, go run it by people. You know, I'll, I'll do this. And sometimes I'll do it with people out of state because if I said to you, so there's this guy and he's an elder at our church and his wife just had surgery and so, <laughs> I'm talking about Jason Grimes, right? Um, or there's this guy and his, sometimes the details will make it impossible to hide who you're talking about. So then deal with someone in another church, talk to them. I'll sometimes call brothers or sisters outside of the state because there's no way I can get help thinking something through. But basically, if you can flatten enough, there aren't any details. So here's the scenario. A guy does this, and this other guy does this, and he said this. Help me out here. What do you think? Is that, is that a clear issue? Or biblically, how, if that's a sin, what would you call that? Do that all day long. That's not gossip. That's not gossip at all. Or ask for a resource. I need to think through this. And that sometimes it drives us to the Bible. I, I know I didn't like what I saw, but I got to put my finger on what it was I didn't like. Was it just a preference issue or is it biblical? Okay, guess what? I'm going to go study my Bible and try to get to the bottom of it. Um, and sometimes it can be gray. I mean, who's to say what the magic list of core speech is? I think there are some things we could all agree as well across the line. And then there, there are others things that like, okay, is crap course? It's certainly not polite, I guess, but even in my lifetime, that, mo that word shifted to be less and less coarse. I don't know. Um, and so there can be issues of conscience, and it might just be you think that. But, but again, if we're doing it rightly, um, that, that, uh, that can be good. I remember shortly after I was saved, went to Word of Life, a friend of mine would say, I don't give a rip or spit about it. And I made it clear to him, every time you say that, I hear the word you're swapping it in for which isn't helpful. I keep hearing, and I'm trying to break those patterns. And he was awesome. And he, he was like, dude, then I'm not going to say that anymore. <laughs> like, thank you, man. At least around me. It was helpful. Yeah. Yes, 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 exactly. So, so then the best we can just have good conversations with people. Again, the, the last point I want to make, and I'll read a quote from Tripp here. Jesus commands and instructions assumes this is just normal parts of relationships these aren't rare things and in that sense it's little tiny course corrections i'm just going to read this uh quote right here the passage says rebuke your neighbor frankly 
This call extends beyond the borders of formal counseling, discipleship, and ministry relationships. It's a call to respond to all who live near us. Rebuke not, is not something that exists outside of good relationship, brought in only at crisis moments. The Bible presents confrontation as one of the cords of a strong relationship, a normal part of the interaction that makes that relationship what it is. When other people hear the word rebuke and confrontation, they think of a radical moment of truth-telling, a long list of stern indictments against a person who is significantly rebellious or has tragically wandered away. Yet the model here is ongoing honesty in an ongoing relationship. Rather than one big moment of confrontation, the model here is many, many moments of confrontation. The biblical model recognizes that as we live and work with others, our hearts will be progressively exposed. It calls on us to deal with whatever God reveals as he reveals it. In each small moment of truth speaking, the progress of sin is retarded and spiritual growth is encouraged. And I think that's really the key is, especially if in your relationships and friendships, you cultivate that as a two-way street. You see something going on in my life, dude, come talk to me. And then you're nipping things in the bud and not waiting for them to become giant, huge issues. Um, you're going to have a much healthier relationships, and this is going to be a much more normal part of it. You know, Instead of waiting three months to tell you that I don't like the way you talk to your wife, if the first time it struck me as odd, you said, hey, man, what's, help me out here. That seemed a little strong. You know, Okay, now we're having a conversation. And because you came to me at the first instance, I'm not. So you've been thinking this about me for eight months? No. Well, sometimes people come and talk to you about something that happened like two years ago, and that's like, I don't even remember what happened. No, that's not as helpful, you know? Um, and so I've had to have these, you know, because I don't like the subjunctive apology, the if, but I've had somebody come and talk to me before about something I said to them two, three years ago that bugged them, and I'm like, man, I don't remember what I said. If I said it the way you said it, I'm sorry. I can, here's what we can agree on. What you just put in my mouth is bad. I agree with that. I'm not sure I said that. If you tell me I said it, I'm not going to disagree with you. But I can certainly agree. That sometimes that's the best you can do is I can agree with you. That would be a bad thing to say or that'd be a bad way to say that thing. I, I, I can't amen that I said it. I don't deny that I said it, but you've waited two and a half years, man. Uh, it'd be a lot easier if you came to me the next day or the next week. Um, anyway, God bless. Godspeed. Good day.